You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. With me is Ellie Clapton, portfolio specialist responsible for the OMI Global Cautious Fund. Tough quarter, that uh, quarter ending September, Ellie, for global bond markets. They sold off, I mean, this is a rough figure, but around about 4%. And yet the fund was able to largely protect capital and has generated solid returns of, well, precisely 5.8% in dollars over the last year. How on earth have you managed that? Yeah, so you're right, Lindsay. So the third quarter was really challenging. We saw weak performance for markets. And the latter half of that quarter was particularly challenging. And that's because we saw central bank rhetoric remain extremely hawkish. And, you know, that forced investors to push out the likely timing of rate cuts um, to Q3 next year. And as a result, as you say, markets were weak. So not only with bonds, you know, we saw global equities were weak. The US was down as the Chinese equities. And then defensive assets also offered very little respite. And that's because rate volatility really remained a dominant theme as yields reached multi-year highs. And the old mutual global cautious fund managed to mitigate a lot of those losses, just as you say. So maybe just to give a little bit of detail on this. The team have retained their cautious outlook. So we believe the risks very much remain to the downside. And because of that, positioning is also cautious. And that's helped us to navigate what's been a more challenging environment. So if we look back over the quarter, equity exposure did actually add to returns despite broad market weakness. So our defensive positioning within equities helped overall, as did our equity options, which were well in a more volatile environment because they enable us to hedge market risks whilst retaining potential to capture market upside. That was to some degree offset by the impact of rising yields on some more interest rate sensitive parts of the market, including, you know, well, and what we hold within the portfolio, including listed property exposure and also corporate and emerging bond markets. But in terms of duration, our exposure to developed bond markets in the UK and Europe also held up better um, than some of the other major markets, and that helped performance. I speak to so many people, Ellie, that keep on talking about a recession. I, I think I've been listening to recessionary fear chats for around about two years now. And yes, I'm generalising here, but I'm more or less talking about the United States, the world's largest economy, of course. And yet it hasn't arrived, but still people want to go to the safety of cash. And yet with the US 10-year recently having gone very, very close to uh, 5%, surely it's time to have a look at the bonds or for people that don't have bonds to have a look at them. Well, you know, you're right in terms of the fact that we are seeing a number of clients sit in cash and with rates over 5%, as you say, they don't really want to move. And the same is for short duration bonds as well. But we think that there is a danger of sitting in just cash alone. And in this environment, global cautious that the fund is a very sensible complement to cash. So just to give a little bit more colour on that. Cash is only attractive at certain points in a cycle. And, you know, we're seeing cash rates at levels that we haven't seen in in decades. But as growth slows, rates will eventually fall. And our base case is for rates to be at a lower level over the next six to 12 months versus where they are today. And that leaves clients exposed to significant reinvestment risk. You know, you cannot capture five and a half percent indefinitely from cash and in contrast global cautious is compounding a yield of around six percent there's also the potential opportunity cost relative to risky assets should we see risk assets continue to push higher as we have done this year in spite of the rising risks and global cautious is able to participate and capture some of the upside exposure but in a cautious manner so with cap downside via our option strategy and also what's worth mentioning is there is no flexibility in holding cash So given that our team's base case outlook 
is that we expect to be approaching recession as we head into 2024. And that's due to the impact of monetary tightening coming through. Because of that, we think cash rates are likely to fall. And whilst some post-pandemic tailwinds have helped delay recession, ultimately we think that they are also fading. And that means that the likes of the Federal Reserve, so central banks, are going to switch from worrying about inflation to switch to worrying about growth. And you don't want to own just cash then. So whilst the benefit of receiving higher rates today on low-risk assets provides clients a cushion to take a little bit more risk, that does mean that's a positive thing. You don't want to be sitting just there. And global cautious is clearly more risky than cash but it is managed at the lower end of the risk spectrum versus most fixed income and multi-asset alternatives. So, you know, we've got a very strong record of delivering an attractive and consistent level of income, but also controlling drawdowns. So I mentioned at the beginning there that we are compounding a portfolio yield of around 6%. And we think that that enables us to mitigate reinvestment risk, which comes from holding just cash, but also improving the overall outcome when we think about what we foresee in the months ahead. You did mention the equity part of your portfolio and you have a mandate that allows you to invest up to a maximum of 40% into global equities and you seem to favour defensive equities. Just quickly recap for us exactly how you're positioned at the moment, whether it be equities, bonds or whatever your asset classes are at the moment. Yeah, so in terms of equities, you know, the third quarter was more difficult for traditional assets and that included global equities. But global equities have actually managed to deliver a positive return year to date. But we think that that's somewhat without fundamental reasoning. So they've managed to push higher in spite of rising risks. And when we think about what's driven global equities higher, it's been extremely narrowly led. You know, it's been very much by this whole magnificent seven. So we don't agree with that. And I mentioned at the beginning, you know, on balance, we think the risks are predominantly to the downside. Our main concern remains that given the speed and the magnitude of the hiking cycles in the developed world, that a recession over the next six to 12 months is likely. And that leaves markets and you know global equities included there vulnerable to renewed weakness. And the fund's positioning at the moment is consistent with this more cautious near-term outlook. So whilst, as you just said, equity could technically be as high as 40%, We are managing it within a cautious range. And our net equity as at the end of September was just 13%. Um, You know, so we think volatility is, is likely to pick up from recently depressed levels. And that really reinforces the need to continue to be cautious, cautiously positioned to manage downside risks, whilst also focusing on, you know, identifying those resilient yielding opportunities to generate a defensive total return in spite of this more challenging backdrop. So we're cautious within equity. um, And in addition to being kind of cautiously positioned, I mentioned at the beginning that um, equity options continue to play a really important role here. They provide a very attractive and flexible way to hedge some of these risks whilst retaining that potential to capture market upside. And maybe just to mention a couple of other key points in terms of how we're positioned. Yes. So our allocation to developed market government bonds is at an all-time high. So around half of our portfolio is exposed there. But it is selective. So we are focused on those markets where recession risks we think might be underpriced, such as Australia and New Zealand. And we've also been adding to Europe on weakening data. In terms of our kind of duration, so our sensitive to interest rates, it's relatively high versus the fund's history at three years. But ultimately, kind of given the rising risks, it's still at a moderate level. And we're waiting for a more attractive entry point. You know, elsewhere, I've mentioned equity already, but we also continue to be cautiously positioned in terms of credit risk. And just our focus is on identifying attractively valued resilient income opportunities, you know, where 
cash flows are compelling, as are the forward-looking returns. So we are also just to add, you know, it's obviously been a very difficult year so far. And against that backdrop, global cautious has done very well relative to traditional assets. But given the challenges that traditional assets have faced, we actually think the forward-looking opportunities from here are looking really compelling. And if you think about the yield of the fund at 6%, that's a really good starting point and an indication of forward-looking total returns. But the valuations of defensive fixed income is also looking increasingly attractive, as are the opportunities within equities. So it's got conviction from here. You keep on saying around 6%, but I've got a figure in front of me, uh, a yield of 6.2% at the same time as managing downside risk. Can you continue to achieve that, Ellie? So that's, that's a good question. I think what's important is to look back on how the strategy has performed since its inception over 10 years ago. We've been able to deliver a pretty stable yield, which on average has been around 4%. Um, so obviously, as you say, it's, it's higher than that average at the moment, but we've been able to deliver a consistent and stable yield because we benefit from looking across a multi-asset universe. So we don't have to rely on a single asset class to generate a yield. And we've been able to deliver that consistent and attractive yield without, you know, coming with a significant level of risk or without having to sacrifice quality. So the fund has had, you know, if you look at credit quality, it's been investment grade quality on average consistently through time. So I think that's, you know, that's an important point to start with. Then if we think about what's happening recently, the yields on the securities that we own, particularly government bonds and interest rates have risen quite sharply, whilst those equity yields have actually been more stable. But because we are looking across the multi-asset universe and because we've increased exposure to government bonds, both developed and emerging, the average yield on the portfolio has increased, as you say, to around 6.2%. And we're able to access that yield whilst managing downside risk through the different stages of our investment process. So firstly, we select individual securities from the bottom up. And that means, you know, we're able to identify and make sure that the yields that we are accessing are not only attractive, but they're also resilient. So that yield is backed by cash, not debt, for example. You know, we're very mindful of the fact that an excessively high yield can often be a risk indicator and we want to avoid that. So we do the fundamental work on that to start with. And then secondly, through our risk management, we mitigate downside risk by hedging market risks such as equity, duration, credit and currency. And through that tactical hedging, the managers can retain exposure to the underlying securities, which are providing the income, but then reduce exposure temporarily to reflect increasing market risks to also protect capital values. So I think just to bring this to life with an example, emerging market debt is a great example. So at the moment, we've consistently had exposure to emerging market debt since inception, and it's been around 20% over the last 10 years, which often surprises people because, as the name suggests, we're a cautious strategy, but we're able to access this attractive level of yield, but in a very risk-managed way. So here we're looking at local currency bonds specifically. And when you break down the volatility, the risk is predominantly on the currency side and not the rate side. So essentially what we do is we hedge pretty much all of the FX risk back to the fund's base currency. So that means that we're able to access this attractive yield, which at the moment is around 10% for local currency bonds. But by hedging the FX risk, the risk of the overall allocation is actually more in line with, say, US treasuries. So overall, because of the steps of our investment process, we're able to deliver a consistent and attractive and resilient yield whilst also managing those downside risks. Ellie, thanks so much for your analysis. Ellie Clapton is a portfolio specialist responsible for the OMI Global Cautious Fund. 
The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.